Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do it. We'd like to welcome back Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores, all 21 of them serving GLers in the metro area. This is podcast number 132, April 5th, 2019. It was 81 degrees on this day in 1921. We could have opened. No opener today. Five degrees in 1995. And the Lake Minnetonka ice out dates for April 5 are 1895, 1896, 1930, and 2015. I could find no April 5 ice out for White Bear Lake from records dating since 1928. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. You know what makes a return today? Outside. The, ofi- the official scramble. Oh, I can't wait for that. You know, we debated the scramble in podcast form, and we thought, well, it might be silly to do the podcast because we don't, I mean, to do the scramble because we don't know when people listen. Uh, but we've uh, received uh, numerous requests, mm-hmm. requests mm-hmm. to bring back the scramble, which is going to be done later in the show. Uh, also, new art today by Greg Holcomb. It has a uh, <laughs> Alexandria Occasional Cortex theme this week. It really does. Uh, the only podcast in America that has an, uh, uh, an artist on board, Greg Holcomb. There's a new one today on the on the website. You go to garagelogic.com. You, go, you hover your mouse over features. There's a drop-down menu. It's called GL Comics. You can't miss it. Would someone please provide the mayor with the phonetic pronunciation of the name Chelsea? He continually says Chelsea, and it is very aggravating. The name Chelsea is pronounced Chelsea, not Chelsea. Thank you, Peggy. Peggy. Uh, many uh, email. I don't remember the last time I was talking about a Chelsea. Clinton? I don't know. What she doesn't often about? come up, but she did come up recently. Uh, okay, it's Chelsea. A number of people wanted me to know that. Chelsea. Chelsea. Uh, Joe, you stated uh, that, you're, uh, that you love your listeners in North Dakota, all three or four of them. I don't know how accurate that is, but here's one. I've been loving this show for five years. I'm a Park High School Cottage Grove 1987 grad, and I cannot imagine going back to the Twin Cities. If we walk into the Capitol here and an employee has a small Christmas tree on their desk, we're not offended. We say Merry Christmas. No one shuts down the streets or highways to protest presumed victimizations. Everyone stands with a hand over their heart and faces the flag at an event with the national anthem. No one compares the police or George Washington to terrorists. This is GL country, if not by Nielsen audio numbers, then at least by spirit. Are the winters colder? The delta between the average highs for St. Paul and Bismarck in October, November, December, January, Feb, and March, 343424. Uh, I don't know what that means. 
Hello, Pot. I'm Kettle. But feel free to keep that private. We don't want the Mysterians trying to save this city. Keep pushing back Brian in Bismarck. You know, when you mentioned that a couple of days ago. I think what he was trying ago, to tell us is it's not that cold in Bismarck. Well, not only that, but there's, we got a lot of people up there listening to us. We, we, we got a few emails saying, yeah, I'm checking you guys out in North Dakota. I mentioned the lost Twin Cities the other night uh, when I discovered the... Uh, devastation of a flood in St. Paul in 1952. Mm-hmm. We always talk about 1965. By the way, Dave Dahl live today. Yes. going to join us. Uh, His first appearance on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. It might be. I think so. I don't think he's been joined us before. On that same Lost Twin Cities edition was a, a, a vignette about uh, uh, the late Augie Garcia. And uh, I got a note from uh, uh, Dave, who has an interesting point. Uh, I caught the bit about musician Augie Garcia noticing his signature outfit of a jacket, shorts, and knee-high socks. Inspiration for Angus Young of ACDC? Oh, man. Might have been. Might have been. Oh, Joe, your Positive Thursday broadcast brought to mind a couple of things. A guy goes to a psychiatrist and says, Doc, you got to help me. I think I'm a dog. I eat from a bowl, bark at the mailman, and scratch behind my ears all the time. The shrink said, well, that sounds serious. Why don't you lie down on the couch here? The guy said, I'm not allowed on the couch. But oom boom boom <laughs> Who played for the Boston Celtics, Boston Bruins, and Boston Red Sox in the same year? The answer is John Kiley, the organist at Fenway Park in the oh. old Boston Garden. Positively what? keep pushing back Ken. What a gig that would have been. Sorry to pipe in with another observation on the same day, Bill writes, but you surprised me. I'm not a sports fan, so I couldn't care less whether baseball is played indoors or out. But 54 minutes into the April 4 podcast, you had fond memories of skating uh, on ice indoors in the summertime. Wait, you had nothing better to do during the three months of decent weather we might have here? This from the guy who says he doesn't want to uh, waste one minute of a Minnesota summer at an indoor event. What the bleep was wrong with you? I was, a, I was at a hockey camp. It was a camp. It was, uh, you know, you're a kid. You're a, Did we figure out the name of the arena? No, I can't remember. Golden Valley Ice Arena, maybe. maybe was that, that what it, maybe that was it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, and the, uh, the same Bill, who just uh, noted that I, I shouldn't have been indoors, uh, he writes, as a Sioux Falls native, bless you for mentioning South Dakota Congressman Ben Rifle in your Thursday podcast and pronouncing his name correctly. Ben was a respected member of the Native American community. Ah, the foghorn's not, uh, we don't need that. There. Sure. And as you indicated, he was reelected several times despite overwhelmingly white majority of South Dakota at the time. So much for the left's portrayal of white folks as racist, even in the 60s. Uh, ben Rifle was a Republican. The first public high school in Sioux Falls was named for George Washington. The second, from which I graduated, for Abraham Lincoln. The third, for Theodore Roosevelt. Glad to hear that my hometown will pay homage to Ben uh, with a middle school named after him. He is more than deserving of the honor. I also offer congratulations to the citizens of my hometown for not bowing to current political ideology and naming the new high school for a great founding father, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. As an aside, while most of South Dakota is still normal, Sioux Falls is growing quickly and slowly but surely becoming more like those closest to the country's tallest buildings. He breathes a heavy sigh. Oh. Bill Walsh. I'm almost done with this before I move on to heartfelt matters. We're really alone today, aren't we? It's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, Dan uh, Buvid wants me to uh, plug something, and I'll be more than happy to. Okay. Mayor, I hope this gets to you today for the uh, April 5 show. Well, it has. Could you put in a plug for this charity hockey game on Saturday, April 6th at 1130 a.m. at the Highland Arena? 
He's talking about the Northland Cup. It's an annual game between Ramsey County versus the city of St. Paul to raise money for domestic abuse programs. Free admission. Neat part is that members of the salon come out to don skates and pretend to play hockey. County Attorney John Shoy captains the county squad. Mayor Melvin Carter Jr. is the captain of the city team. Quality of play is actually good, as many of the players are deputies, cops with experience. One of my sons, Sergeant Phil Buvet of Sheriff of the Sheriff's, is a GLer. This event gets a ray of hope for a great cause. He's a class. Dan Dan was a classmate of mine at Hill High School. That's tomorrow at eleven thirty a.m. at the uh, Highlander Arena. So I'm I'm curious if they don't charge admission, how do they raise funds? They must pass the hat or something. Oh, it's one of those I, deals. I gotta, thank you. What a, what, that's a good event, up. though. You got to cough it up. A little something for the effort. Okay, I knew we'd see this story. The final four is uh, this is the weekend. <laughs> this is the weekend. Which events are you going to go to? I want to ride the Ferris wheel. Do you really? Oh yeah, it's, I, I I like that. That's a nice one. Uh, <laughs> The private jet news is back in the news. Oh, man. Remember I told you the Super Bowl is all about private jets. We even, the show, took a, we we went went on the road, we went down to Signature to go check it out. We didn't, we didn't see anything. Uh, So now we're getting news from the Star Tribune that uh, private jets and charter flights are about to bring thousands to the Twin Cities. So uh, you go down to St. Paul, uh, downtown airport, maybe Saturday afternoon, and you'll see the private jets lined up as far as you can see. Wouldn't it be, you'd probably want to go in the morning, wouldn't you? Because the first tip's at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't care when you go. I'm just saying you can go down there and look at the planes if you want. All right? I'm imagining that's where Oh, you're going. saying when they're already parked. Yeah. I was thinking you wanted to go down and watch them all land. No, no. I Come don't on. Care. I don't care. They got them. You can get them. I mean, they're down there. We went, to, we did a show at, uh, what the hell's the name of the restaurant? No, we did, we had lunch. We had the lunch there. Yeah, we had lunch there in the terminal. Ah, oh, this is rookie's department. Yeah, I know he's not here. Hold on, I'm going to look it up because oh, those guys terrible. were great. Those guys terrible. were great. Uh, we thought, well, let's have lunch there. This was maybe the Thursday before the Super Bowl. Yep. Never saw a plane. <laughs> Never. Not even local. Nothing. Never saw a plane. It's called. Uh, oh, for Pete's sake! Come on here. The, it's the restaurant in the old Art Deco terminal of the St. Paul downtown airport. Yep. I'm having a mental blank, and I, I apologize too. to the proprietor uh, who has treated us well every time we've been there. Can you find it, Reavers? I'm looking, I'm well, looking. hell, rookie's faster than this. I know. Oh, boy. Uh, landings. Uh, well. You know what? Take a break and find it. Let's take a break. Sure? Yeah, take sure? a break and find it. All right. Find it. What are you waiting for? This is Ricey for my friend, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh. Get a different point of view and get your financial future in order starting today. Sound retirement planning is important, and that's what Josh does. Josh can tell you that he is dedicated to helping people like you and me realize their best potential for a comfortable retirement. With today's market volatility, it's more important than ever to work with a professional who understands your needs, a professional who understands financial markets and the options available to help you reach your goals. Call Josh for a complimentary no-obligation consultation today at 952-925-5608, 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consult. LLC, a registered advisor for the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. 
cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Here's today's environmental statistic. I couldn't do this story yesterday because I was trying to be positive. By the way, Holman's Table. Holman's Table, That's downtown we St. Paul. Holman's Table. Get the mushroom toast. It's spectacular. If it was nicer weather, I'd take a motorcycle, though. Really? I, I would, because that's the way to see planes. And, of course, I will have contacted DennisKirk.com first. It's my first and best choice for motorcycle parts, accessory, and apparel. They're here in Minnesota. More than 160,000 motorcycle products in stock and ready to ship today. These are the best brands. Vance and Hines, Dunlop, S&S, Saddleman, Drag Specialties, Curiacan, to name just a few. $89 orders ship free, and they pay return shipping on helmet and apparel products. DennisKirk.com, order by 8 p.m. today and get it tomorrow. I couldn't do this story yesterday, but it was on the cover of the Star Tribune. Uh, Bright lights, a trap for regions migrating birds. So not only... Not only are we killing the birds because we've had the audacity to build buildings, yep. but now uh, because we use light, uh, we're we're it's an annual story, isn't it? We're we're screwing up the birds, <laughs> who uh, uh, you know they they get disoriented and then they get th- then they crash into a building and those musical notes yep. play above their Twirl head, around boing, their head, boing, boing. <laughs> and then we wade knee deep through dead birds that always uh, fall onto the ground because they crack in, uh, crash into buildings. Uh, I have never seen that, by the way. I've seen maybe two birds in my life uh, that might have died because they hit a building. We worked with a guy that would take a photo of a dead bird, you know, in the middle of the woods in Golden Valley and say, another casualty caused by, uh, yeah. Another casualty caused by a cat, probably. (laughs) So here's this big story. Bright Light's a threat. Uh, There's programs underway, voluntary programs for uh, state buildings and private buildings to turn their lights off during the fall and spring flyway migrations, and uh, we learn that intense glow at night attracts birds who sometimes fixate on lights, much like moths on a porch light, Horton said. He's a scientist mentioned earlier in this. Uh, Some birds become entranced, circling and circling, sometimes all night. In extreme cases, the birds grow exhausted and collide with the buildings, and that's when they get the musical notes above their head. Uh, the risk of mortality for young birds probably increases in the fall because they aren't experienced flyers. Scientists, here's the, here's the ass statistic. Scientists estimate that about 600 million birds die each year in the U.S. from striking buildings, communication towers, wind turbines, and other structures. Well, I, I, I don't believe that. 600 million birds, that's an estimate. So, it's again, this is a field... Uh, predicting bird mortality is another field where no matter what you come up with, you're never wrong. Uh, we don't know that. So I can be told that to shame me, to shame me because I believe in free enterprise and electricity, mm-hmm. I'm being shamed into the idea that, that the lights in our, our, our buildings are causing the deaths of birds to the tune of 600 million birds a year. B as in B. S, S, and S. Where are they? I haven't seen them. No. I mean, okay, let's go down this road. If a dead bird is in the middle of, you know, Hennepin and Fifth in downtown Minneapolis, yeah. 
Well, then isn't that food for a stray cat? That's right. See? Plus, how do you know how it died? Yeah. It could have been one of those stupid birds that circled a building all night and got worn out. Try to make a left. Right. <laughs> Try to go left. They keep coming back. <laughs> I, I, I love birds. I love the animal world. You're pro-bird. I'm pro-bird. Mm-hmm. I'm not. You now have a relationship with the crow. Oh, I do. I love the crows. I, I have saved birds. I've told you. Birds crash into my windows. I go, they've got the musical notes yep. playing above their head. And you pick them up. I cradle them. And I, come on, kind come on. Nurse them back a little come bit. Come on, you can do Give it. Give him a little come pat on, on the head. He wakes up and looks around. I go, yeah, you cracked into the window. Come on. Come You're on. right, buddy. And then when he looks pretty good, I just give him a little fluff, a little uh, lift, off he and goes. off he goes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've saved more birds <laughs> than any building has killed. There you go. It is interesting how they come up with these statistics, because you're right. You can't be wrong. They pull it out of you know where. 600 million birds die each year from striking buildings, communications towers, wind turbines. Well, wouldn't a bird striking a wind turbine be a windmilling example? Because the same people that are going to pretend that they care about birds are the same people who would uh, believe that we should only be getting our power from solar and wind. And the best story... The the solar panels in California are frying the birds to death. They're frying them. (laughs) Was Was that the origin of windmilling? The no, solar... the, no, the uh, the term windmilling stems from years and years ago. A member of the Kennedy family, that's it, uh, who was uh, in, is interested in uh, alternative sources of power, was protesting the placement of windmills in the bay off Cape Cod because they could then see them while they were having a clam bake. So windmilling means uh, it's uh, uh, uniformly applied to environmentalism. Windmilling occurs when. That which you advocate for, you suddenly discover might inconvenience you. Yes. That's windmilling. Uh, MPR, no greater fan of public transportation. That's right. Until they realized the trains were going to go right past their office, and they were worried that the vibrations could upset the readings of some Lat- Latvian lesbian poet poetry person. So they had to, we had to spend extra money. Yep. To put the tracks in front of NPR in downtown St. Paul and giant shock absorbers. That, so there we no noise made. That was one of my... That's windmilling. Yep. That was one of my personal favorite moments when we were still on uh, 1500, mm-hmm. when they were uh, building the light rail platform, and we would go off the air, what, once a week? Oh, yeah. Because because some construction guy would hit a cable and oh, it would yeah. knock out her power. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, I, I, I think it... You know, why... Car dealerships don't want to turn off their lights. Of course not. Because that thwarts thievery. Yes. But if you own a big bank in downtown Minneapolis, I don't know why the hell you'd leave the lights on. Yeah. Wouldn't you reduce your utility bill by turning the lights off? Well, you can't have complete and total darkness. Of course not. But, I mean, if you want to turn a few lights off in your building, I'm not here to say that's silly. Uh, I, I also don't believe it will do anything to save birds. Of course not. But it might save you a few bucks on your XL Energy bill. Right. Right. Or the, are, are you at a point, if you have one of these buildings, well, no, I'm going to get scan coins for making a comment like that. But I'm just wondering, at, at what point are you saving money or if you, it, because we're, we're always told it makes more sense to just constantly keep something running, is my point. Yeah. I kind of figured that was coming. We're almost, you know what? 
We almost have enough money now. You think so? To get you to tan scan. How about the big one? Scan while you wait. Scan City was a pretty good one. Just a minute. Who's trying to call me? Don't you know that I have a... I'm not answering that. I don't know who the hell that is. Speaking of that, I, as long as I've already had coins thrown in, I needed to ask you a question. And this might hurt my knack scale, mm-hmm. but you're my guy. Yes. But i got to have something to fix. Yep. You're my guy. Yep. I got a water softener issue. Okay, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm a water softener expert. But you've had the 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 dam, the salt dam that you've had to break up. Uh, where the, where almost it, the the salt solidifies to the point where the water's not dissolving anymore. It's basically become a rock. No, I've never experienced that. Also, oh, you okay? Because I'm curious because I tried to bust her up with the mop handle, and that ain't doing the trick. So I didn't know if there was a GL method of how to. How to get rid of that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. So you don't know, really, when you pour the salt in. I've never done that. What? In a hot water heater? No, in a water softener. Well, we don't have that. Oh. We have soft water. See, I got hard water. I'm out in the sticks. Well, I'm in the sustainable urban core. See? We're the country's tallest buildings. Okay. They take care of us with our water. That's right. We get good water. We ain't got no streets. Well, they should. <laughs> well, you know. Well, don't get me going. I'm almost done. It's not positive Thursday. I'm almost done. It's the young families in the Twin Cities oh, I worry about. I know. Uh, they can't keep affording these tax increases. It is ridiculous. It's, it, they just can't do it. Well, why do you think I don't I don't live close to here? It's, it's for that very reason. I mean, I have a vested interest in a couple of young families uh, in St. Paul. And, uh, you know, I ain't a walking ATM here. That, that I got to, you know. I got you pay your own damn tax bill. Right. I can't. Uh, I can't do it. So, in any event, uh, uh, Minneapolis is one of the most dangerous cities. Oh, for, you know, not to mention they could be shot. You know, they could be they could be hijacked. Mm-hmm. Chicago, I guess, is the worst in the spring and fall, followed by Houston, Dallas, uh, Los Angeles, and Atlanta, St. Louis, New York, and six. Uh, spring, uh, uh, Minneapolis is the sixth most dangerous city for birds in the spring and the seventh most dangerous city for birds in the fall. So there you have it. And uh, I personally, as your mayor and representative at the seat of Gumption County, I'm not buying the fact that 600 million birds die each year because they crash into something. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some do. Maybe it's even in the millions. But I'm just not buying $600 million. We'd see more evidence of that. And that's a great point, Joe. Of course why, it is. Why, why is it that you know, this, is a, this would be a perfect example of something that someone running for office would use as a campaign platform? Climate change. I want to save the birds. Why isn't it? Climate change is in here, by the way. Why isn't it crime? Why isn't it? Yeah, Minneapolis has got an issue right now. None of that is ever brought up when someone is deciding to run for either mayor or whatever seat. Scanboy, what are you talking about? What you're saying right there. There's so many people that think that that's a problem oh, or yeah. that's a main issue yeah. when it's not. It's 75% not. of the people that live in in these cities could care less it's about that. It's not a problem. It's just not a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm and I'm a bird lover. You're pro bird. I like a bird. And I like frogs. I like I like all living things. I like a nice frog. I'm not a mysterian. I like people. I like animals. You know. I'm not I'd like a I like a nice frog. Mm-hmm. I think a frog bodes well for the uh, health 
of mother. You like turtles. I like turtles too. I love turtles. I like uh, I like everything. Uh, another problem with white people has come up. Oh, you know we're responsible for climate change mm-hmm. because of what we eat. That's right. And it's it's only white Americans really who are uh, responsible for uh, devastating our mother, the earth. But now, uh, as we visit the failed academy, we learn that uh, we learn from Brittany Cooper. She's an associate professor of uh, women's and gender studies uh, at, uh, where is it, Princeton or Rutgers? I think Rutgers. Okay. Uh, Just a minute. I want to be sure. We're fact-based here on GL. Uh, She uh, believes that white people uh, own time and that that time has been stolen from people of color. I, I, Wait a minute. If this is not the onion, this is. She believes Brittany Cooper, an associate professor of women's and gender studies and African studies at Rutgers University. Okay, those are three courses you couldn't flunk. See, if you can't flunk a course it's in not the a failed course. academy, it's not a course. You can't flunk women's and gender studies or African studies, Africana studies. What What is there to flunk? And, and if you obtain... It's whatever BS you want it to be. If you obtain a degree outside of teaching this garbage, what are you going to use that degree for mm-hmm. in the real world? Of course, running for office, I guess, is one thing. She explained uh, that her single mother, a secretary, uh, found it hard to create a pathway into the middle class and that men uh, were operating on very regimented time and put a premium on showing up and being professional. Uh, it meant speaking great corporate English in many cases. Cooper added that her educational contexts were predominantly white and that we couldn't be late because we were trying to protect, we were trying to project a sense of excellence and that we were about business and that I should be taken seriously as a student and that she should be taken seriously as a parent. Huh. So what's so white about time? Uh, she offers the radicalized idea that in the Western framework, black and brown people are seen as a lag on social progress, which becomes the pretext to all manners of violence. I, I, this woman's making no sense, which is why she's in the in the failed academy. Where did I purchase my time? Did I get that at Target? How did I get that? Does this mean I can't ask a black guy what time it is? No, no. You're racist if you do that. Well, because I own it. That's right. It's I yours. I own time. Mm-hmm. She said that if you're white in the U.S., typically you're taught that time is linear, that every day is a progression beyond the past, that we're not today where we were 50 years ago. But if you're African-American in this country, time doesn't work that way. You are living often with the residue of past historical trauma. You are living in a present-day system that is filled with racial animus, which often is overlooked by many white Americans. So she she says somehow she's got herself convinced that uh, that white people— have sold uh, or have stolen time from people of color. That's like saying you've stolen math. How do you steal an idea? How do you steal something that's so uh, uh, obvious? Uh, she went on the war path against the. Uh, is Patrick ready already? She went on the war path of, uh, about the rights made up God in a 2015 Holy Week essay. How bigots invented a white supremacist Jesus. So Jesus. Uh, not only is Jesus a white supremacist, but he would be part of that cabal that stole time. <laughs> can't have that. No. You can't have that. Go ahead and hit the theme. 
should get groin kicked later. I'll save that. How much time do you think Patrick owns? Hey, Pat. Yes, sir. Got a college professor here, Brittany Cooper, who says white people stole time from people of color. How'd we do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to steal a little time right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this would be a good time. I'd, I'd wait till I was about the age I am now. No, actually, I would have stolen it a lot earlier in life. Yeah, right. You know, but why would you want to steal time when you're limping around like I am? That's true. What are you up to, son? I am at the uh, the uh, Taj Maziggi, uh down in the uh, massive press room, uh, down in this dump of a $1.2 billion building. Bring me back to the Metrodome any day. Don't have to walk around for don't have to walk around for like 40 minutes to get someplace. Uh, the most overbuilt, overamped building in the history of Minnesota, if not the country. Uh, but anyway. It's shaped uh, like a Viking yacht. Yeah, yeah. We spent about an extra $200 million on glass, and now we got to cover it up with a $5 million curtain. Isn't that something? Because <laughs> they, they might, some guy might be shooting a free throw and get the, a little sun ray in his eye. Think of the birds yeah. we'll save, though. They won't be confused. Well, that is true. Maybe yeah. we can just leave them here. Yeah. You know, i got to go out and look for a few dead birds and go put them in front. <laughs> go take some photos of them in front of the state. Well, it was the front page of your paper yesterday that well, Minneapolis is the seventh worst city in the country for a danger to birds. We're killing them off right and left. I still don't see any. Man, we had... Uh... We had a collection of robins down at the corner uh, yesterday. I don't know what they found that they like to eat, but there had to be 80 of them there jumping around. Yeah, maybe they found some worms. You don't see that. And we were very uh, upset about the lack of cardinals and uh-huh. what happened to the cardinals that we usually see because there had been a hawk around the last summer. Oh, yeah. They're out there singing like crazy now at dawn, so we must have 50 of them again. Good. So they, they can put up a clatter at this time of year. Have any of the schools uh, had their practice session yet? Yes, they're uh, out there uh, practicing uh, even as we speak. We've had two of them in here to the interview room. Virginia, an honest Bruce Pearl from Auburn. And uh, now we got the Texas Tech guy going right now. So, uh-huh. what's, the, what's the Auburn's coach's name? Honest what? Honest Bruce Pearl. He's the guy that got <laughs> fired at Tennessee, basically, with, uh, with some – indiscretions in his past and now he's here in the final four and the great part about it is you know that fbi investigation and the assistant coaches and adidas yep chuck person uh the uh what was his nickname again ravers just the uh, was he the missile no, no the no, rifleman was like the rifleman the rifleman and he, he was a former timberwolf but he got he got pinched for taking bribes uh, from Adidas to take some of their hotshot recruits and feed them to Adidas. And, of course, uh, we're all expecting that no matter what Auburn's accomplishes here uh, in this uh, next uh, three days, that the that we're going to have the, the traditional vacated in uh, parentheses here after the, uh, after the FBI. The FBI has not released their findings to the, uh, to the uh, NCAA as of yet, so all these uh, all these coaches who have uh, you know assistants who who have been indicted and who are probably talking their arses off to reduce their guilt at uh, jail time. Of the four are, of the four coaches, who is the least stained? Oh, I'd say the guy at Virginia, Tony Bennett. He's yeah. uh, 
you know, and then the, this Chris Beard, the guy at Tech, Texas Tech, he's kind of a hard-nosed guy without a big background. Uh, I would say he's uh, he's probably okay. Okay. Too. And, you know, Izzo, I like Izzo. Yeah. I think Izzo's great. Plus, he beat Duke. Come on. Yep. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't like Izzo. He beat, he, he, beat the, he beat Duke. He beat the Blue Bloods. Here's why I'm rooting for Auburn, Patrick, for what you just said, because once they win, it'll expose everything that's wrong with college sports. <laughs> but number two, boys... If Auburn wins the national championship, Barkley will put on an Ovechkin style drinking binge. I think. Oh yeah, it'll be yeah with the players. With they'll the players, probably, they're probably it'll be like the Vegas hot tub, man. <laughs> when when Tark's boys were in the hot tub with the guys who fixed games, that was, oh. that's probably one of my favorites. Tark, but you never get me to say anything bad about Tark. Because he was upfront about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Uh, See he the didn't guy who chewed on a board. towel. Yep. Yeah, yep. he's a towel chewer. Yeah, the droopy Armenian yeah. eyes. Yeah. You know, the saddest guy of all time. Right. He's also the one that uh, the original quote, which has been used many times, but he had the original quote that the uh, NCAA is so mad at UCLA they gave Cleveland State two years of probation. <laughs> 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 he was the first one to. Uh, what do you like to win this thing? One. I like Texas Tech. I oh, yeah? think they just play ornery, mean, nasty defense. They'll knock you down, and uh, I, I just like them. I think they're they're hard nosed, and you know, there's only in this one and done age of uh, basketball, uh, the Dukes and the other guys. Uh, there's only two freshmen starting in this tournament. Two mm-hmm. out of the twenty. Wow. So uh, it's a little more uh, hard edged. Uh, competition here. I hope Virginia doesn't win it. It'll set basketball back 20 years because they play that slow-paced uh, uh, defensive stuff. Not as bad as uh, Tony Bennett, you know, dad was the guy at Wisconsin uh, in the early late 80s and early 90s who basically ruined basketball in the Big Ten as we know it by playing that ball control stuff. I like but, Michigan uh, State based on that Cassius kid. Oh, he's pretty good. God, is he good? Yeah, they can win. Oh, I think they're. I think this is about as even as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's really a favorite. I have, uh, you know, I don't think you can say, "Oh, oh this team, look out for this team." I think it'll be, uh, it'll be uh, pretty good. So, did you see uh, my uh, piece today on St. Thomas? I did. And what do you think of that? I think they're getting kicked out of the league. <laughs> well, uh, I don't. Uh, I, I I just can't understand how you could possibly do that but uh and it's certainly not good you know so what does this mean if if uh if hamlin can get him thrown out of the league then hamlin can go one and seven instead of oh and eight is that is that what we're trying to accomplish yeah well they're 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 basing it all on what i gather to be some enrollment disparities they're trying to claim that saint thomas has four times the student body of saint olaf yeah well Twice as high, say, yeah, you know, whatever, uh, and then bigger than some of them. But uh, that you know, how many of the, you still have the same number of athletes? So what difference does it make? Right. You know? No, I'm not a proponent I mean, of getting them kicked out. Uh, uh, they're just they just happen to be very good. <laughs> but here's I know once in a while you'll have a uh, a complaint about higher education, right? Mm-hmm. Once in a while, kind yeah. of the way they they conduct themselves. I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, all these wieners who are trying to get them thrown out, won't talk. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're so righteous in your opinion, you know, if you're the president of a university and you're righteous of your opinion, well, why don't you express it? Right, right. You know, but what they wanted to do was, uh, 
was uh, make this happen under the cloak of darkness and all of a sudden announce it with some statement. But uh, I got a call yesterday morning from a coach, not a St. Thomas coach, but another coach at 6.30 in the morning says, what are you going to do about this? I said, well, I'm going to try to get another hour of sleep, but what else? (laughs) Uh, And uh, anyway, he told me about it. And I I knew, you know, I knew everybody was, you know, a lot of people were whining about him. I knew the St. Olaf people were whining about him fiercely since the 97-0 edging they gave him down there two years ago. But uh, I have a serious question. I I have a serious question. Yes. Why would St. Olaf and Carlton, uh, just to pick two, why do they even attempt to maintain a football program? Why not just let it go? Well, St. Olaf has not been horrible, but they have they happen to catch them at a horrible low point. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I think Carlton, you know, Carlton's very good in Frisbee, and I think they should concentrate on that. I agree. They're, I'm serious. Why are you fielding a football team? McAllister and Carlton are uh, very competitive. It's, it's quite a battle when they go after each other in ultimate frisbee, and I think they should stick with that. Absolutely, they should have a frisbee. They should have a frisbee conference. <laughs> yes, and you know, and then a basketball. What the hell? You might as well play. You're not going to get hurt. Right. 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 So, it, what is interesting though is if they throw St. Thomas out, uh, what happens to St. Thomas hockey? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's nobody to play. They're right. all in. Uh, they're all in uh, this league, so I, I don't. I don't think they'll. I don't think we get away with it. Frankly, I think. I think the fact we, we, we it's now out there is going to make this thing much more difficult than it would have been. Pat, could they do something like what Mankato does? Could they, could they just play on different levels on within different sports, or is that not a possibility? I think in hockey you have to be at least D two to play D one, and I think what the the strategy of some of these MIAC whiners is that, uh, you know, Augustana is leaving at the Northern Sun mm-hmm. to, to go to Division One uh, in basketball, and then they're going to play the non-scholarship Division One football. And I think they're, they're going to say, well, why don't you go to what? Go to Division Two and play in that league. Well, St. Thomas doesn't want to, you know, go in get to the, get to the expense of uh, giving out all those scholarships that you do running the Division Two program. So they're perfectly content uh, where they are, and they've been honorable members since 1920. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can throw an original member out because you're mad because they beat you. That's right. They're a charter club. Yep. One of the, uh, the only five of them that have been uh, continual with St. Olaf and. Carlton were original, but then they were gone for 25 years playing in the Midwest, and then they came back. I sense that the Twins aren't playing enough for us to get a good handle on them. They always run into these damn off days. God almighty, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, a lot of clubs have already played 10 games. Yeah, I think Gardy's, you know, Gardy's five. Yeah, somebody, I saw somebody had already played 10 games. I think Oakland's played 10 games. One of these guys played five, right? Well, Oakland had that two-game series, too, in Tokyo before everybody else. But But our guys get a day off every other day. Yeah, well, they they got five days off in the first 15 days of the season. You and I do not approve. No, I don't like the days off. I want them to work every day, and I don't want any (laughs) walk-up songs. Those are two very, uh, I think, very firm and uh, wonderful stances you're taking. Pat, what the hell are the Wild going to do? I mean, they got to go find their own guy. They got to have a Connor McDavid. They got to have an Ovechkin. They got to have a Sidney Crosby. They got to find a guy because they don't have a guy. They got a they got a five percent chance to get uh, this Hughes guy who's supposed to be the big shot in yeah. this draft. 
But uh, I don't know. Someday they got to get a life. You know, they haven't had one ever. I mean, Gabarik for Gabarik was close. Gabarik for twenty minutes, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, you're right. By the way, did you hear the other sad tale on my grandson Luke? No, I did not. Last night, he's eight years old. He loves the wild. He's got all this stuff. He went to his seventh game in history. Yep. <laughs> not enough, and it was a shutout. They have scored one goal in those seven games. <laughs> that kid should be banned yeah, from the I arena. He should. They are averaging .143 goals per game, where he intends. His, his dad said to me on Twitter, I texted him, and I said, he got shot out again. Yep. And his dad said, yeah, the poor kid, he's starting to think he's he's bad luck. He yeah. said, think? Think? It is bad luck. It's well-established. They're still thinking about it. Leopold's going to have him banned. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, put that picture up. Like, don't let this guy in, man. You know, don't, don't let this kid, the poor kid. He, just, he was very hopeful when I saw him the day before that he was going to see a wild goal last night. This kid, this kid is at this point. He doesn't even care about a victory. He just wants no, to see wants a goal. To, right. He wants to hear he the horn. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, never he's heard the horn. Yeah, his mom told me he's gotten to hear the horn and the smoke and see the smoke once. Once. <laughs> once. once. In seven games. I, you know, he is a jinx, too. The one game I sat and watched with him is uh, when St. Louis knocked him out of the playoffs Ooh. and scored that, that overtime goal. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they scored some goals that day, but they still had a bad loss. When you watch with him, you got no chance, basically. All right, son, have fun over there. All right, we will. Are you going to ride the Ferris wheel on the mall? <laughs> You know, I didn't even like riding them when they were in in, in summertime. Right. You know, I remember I told you about having the two kids years ago up on the double Ferris wheel, and I threatened to throw them both off. That's right. Stop, Stop rocking. Stop rocking. I do not like that. No. All right. All right. See you later. <laughs> Say, motorcyclists, the weather's turning. Get to DennisKirk.com, your first and best choice for motorcycle parts. And remember, $89 order ship free. And DennisKirk.com pays return shipping on helmet and apparel products. DennisKirk.com, order by 8 o'clock today and get it tomorrow. Garage Logic would like to give a tip of the cap to a Minnesota company that is celebrating their 100-year anniversary. Hail to Jefferson Lines. That's right. In 1919, Jefferson Lines started providing Minnesota communities bus transportation, earning a reputation of quality, service, and innovation at affordable prices. That same reputation continues today, like being one of the first companies to offer free Wi-Fi on every single bus. You can kick back and still listen to GL on your trip. Head to jeffersonlines.com to book your trip today. Wherever you're headed in Minnesota or throughout the Midwest, good luck. Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for 100 years. And here's to 100 more. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Let's uh, groin kick Brittany Cooper, an associate professor of absolutely nothing at Rutgers, who says white people own time. That deserves this. That's like saying white people own oxygen. How did we do that? Time is celestial. It has nothing to do with humans. It's it's how the rotation of the earth is measured on its long journey but through the year. How warped of a mind do you need to possess that you firmly believe that? You, 
<laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Positive Friday. This bleeping academy is so <laughs> failed that this crackpot's probably making 120 grand a year, and you're Easily. paying a tuition, to, and you have to. In, you run into this crackpot. You can't steal time. I remember years and years and years ago, uh, a an African American caller who used to call frequently wanted to or, or or insisted that math was stolen from uh Africans that mathematics was stolen from Egyptians and I, I I wasn't quick enough on my feet but my answer should have been how do you steal someone else's thinking you can't steal I can't steal a thought from you math is universally available to anyone it's not it's not it's not able to be stolen well, an idea could be stolen, but I get what you're saying. Well, math is an idea. It's math not an idea. Math isn't an idea. It's a. It's an absolute. But you said the word thought. Yeah, so I but, was just kind of. But but. Well, my but it, it uh, math originated from thinking, mm-hmm. so that can't be stolen. And it's also fact. Yeah, but this crackpot says uh, white people uh, uh, have stolen time from people of color. So I, I guess that's – I just wanted to get a groin kick in so she's eligible for the groinies, the 2019 groinies. Uh, speaking of that, our artist Holcomb noticed something from the Southwest Journal newspaper in uh, South Minneapolis. We have a new, uh, uh, a new uh, specialist. Uh, the public schools in Minneapolis are hiring uh, new specialists. Oh, no. These are always so terribly dangerous. Differentiation specialists. $620.6 million 2019-20 general fund budget. I suppose to justify an obscene budget like that, you better come up with some new titles. Wow. So they came up with a different, what is it? A differentiation. Differentiation specialist. There we go. To coach teachers, That the the shocking uh, idea that not all the kids are alike. So the differentiation specialist will will be there to... Yeah. Uh, Billy. They're, they're required to have an advanced learner certificate. You can get that oh, with a box of posties. Nice. Uh, or a master's degree level training in gifted education. This they'll be, They will be focused on student need. You, you would think that might have already been taking place. You know who is licking but, uh, his... It hasn't taken place because you haven't had a differentiation specialist. Wait until your guy Melvin Carter hears about that title. Well, he might That'll that. be coming to the cabinet. He, I, mean, I was going to say, he might put that in the cabinet. Yeah. A differentiation Because he only has, is it 16 right now in St. Paul? 16, uh, 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 Melvin has 16 people in his inner circle. Oh, this is number 17 right here. A differentiation. differentiation specialist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, final four this weekend. How about that? Uh, it's going to be a great grilling weekend mm-hmm. because uh, temperatures are supposed to get up into the 60s. Get to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. I'm not kidding you. They got coolers there. People stare at them with their mouth open because they don't know what to pick. They got 130 different kinds of pork brats. This is lean meat. You don't have to boil these things to get the fat off them. No, these are grilling brats. And if you have any questions at all about grilling, don't worry. The people at Grunhofer's will be more than candid with you. Mm-hmm. Spencer uh, Grunhofer, he's a meat cutter by trade. Been a meat cutter all his life. He went out on his own 12 years ago, and the result is the finest meat market in the area, maybe in the world, maybe in the maybe in the universe. I had the Philly 
cheese steak brat. Mm-mm-mm. And I had those on the grill last week. Mm-hmm. My God in heaven. Well, they're very good. It's a masterpiece. This is no B as in B, S as in S. These are the best brats. Put together a final four brat bracket weekend. There you go. Uh, Easter's coming up. They have double smoked hams for Easter. This mm. is a full service meat market with uh, uh, jerky, uh, beef, steaks, burger, whatever you need. But the specialty is Grunhofer's old fashioned brats. They're just, well, they're not old fashioned. They're cutting edge. How about mild Italian versus a Bloody Mary? Oh, boy. How about a uh, tomato basil versus a blueberry cheddar? I've had the tomato basil. Mm-mm. It's outstanding. Mm-mm. How about beer, bacon, cheese curder, blue cheese, and apple? When you're having the folks over for yeah. the gathering, this yeah. is a perfect destination. The uh, the website is grunhoffersmeatmarket.com. Grunhoffersmeatmarket.com. The, these are the highest quality meats and customer service that you can't beat. And if you love meat, you're going to love Grunhoffers. It's just absolutely fantastic. Uh, did I say I have a huge variety of jerky, too? Yes, you did. Yeah, you put that in the truck and take off, and you're set forever. You know, you were mentioning um, Final Four, and you're mentioning food, obviously, because now I'm hungry because I want a Grunhofer brat. Uh, Pat mentioned Chris Beard is kind of one of these characters, the head coach of the Texas Tech Red mm-hmm, Raiders. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing an interview with him. I believe it was with Dan Patrick. And he said, well, if you win, you know, what's this going to do for you? He's going to go to Grunhofer's. Well, after he does that, because he's in town, yeah. he said... Well, uh, honestly, I have a a breakfast burrito place I go to, and I just hope they don't charge me the extra 30 cents for salsa. Really? And I thought, now that's a guy. Yeah. That that right there is a guy. (laughs) We lost another victim to the Grand Canyon. It's the third death in eight days. No, don't tell me for the same reason. Uh, On Wednesday at around 11.30 a.m., that'll be Wednesday, April 3rd. Yep. Park rangers were notified that a man had fallen over the edge east of Yavape Geology Museum. Uh, rangers were able to find the body of a 67-year-old man about 400 feet oh. below the rim. The site of the fall is located on the south rim in Grand Canyon Village. The area is open to public and visitors. This marks the third person to die in the Grand Canyon in the past two weeks. Uh, do we know why? There's no reason... Why? Was he attempting to take a picture? What was the reason this fellow lost sight of nature? But at 67 years old, you should know better. Mm-hmm. You should know that, yeah, I probably can't get this close to the edge or I'm going to fall over. The first was the 50-year-old tourist from Hong Kong who fell into the canyon while trying to take photos at Grand Canyon West. Uh, Grand Canyon National Park officials uh in a statement about the latest death, reminded visitors to keep a safe distance away from the edge of the canyon, being extra cautious when taking pictures and staying behind railings at overlooks. People, it's a big canyon. And you know what? You know what always wins? You know what always wins? Nature. Gravity. Right? <laughs> Gravity. So here's the thought that I Don't had. Don't get near the edge of the damn canyon. It's been... I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I have. But, it's lovely. But... The, the the bride and I were in Phoenix, the Phoenix-Scottsdale area, back in November. Well, you weren't far from the Grand Canyon. And we went through a very picturesque... Mount- no, no, you weren't. No, no not no, at all. No, no, it was about three and a half hours yeah. away from where we were. But there, all throughout our hike, we went on about a three-hour hike through a, a really gorgeous mountainous area. Mm-hmm. And within every 10, 15 yards, uh, you saw a photo. Don't take selfies. You make sure you're always in a safe and sound spot. Yeah. So they, these have to be all over the place 
in the Grand Canyon, I would assume. Look who's dropping in. How about this? You know what? And we even have a theme song here. Sit down, Dave. Sit and sit right there. Well, we got to get Dave some headphones. Or no, we don't really do it. Nah. Oh, the He's old back. Dave song. He is back. Is this my guy? Oh, yeah, go ahead. There you now. go, Dave. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. You guys look Oh, isn't How's the studio? Huh? Yeah. One thing with that mic, Dave, you got to get right up, right kind of right up. up. Pull, you can actually even pull it closer oh, towards you. Me. How about oh, that? See, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is I was noting we do the weather records every day. Remember, yeah, you gave good. me the document. Thank you. Uh, in 1965, uh, which seems to be the flood everyone always talks about. Correct. Uh, much cold weather that spring. Yeah. I mean, ve- why didn't that slow down the melt like this year? Well, I think it was because of all the moisture that we had compared to what we've had this year. You know, the the big thing was not, it was cold, but it gave us a lot of snow mm-hmm. and then a lot of rain on top of that. And it kept the temperatures cool uh, just because of all the clouds and the moisture around. But um, it, it just had a tremendous additional amount of rainfall and snow mm-hmm. that we haven't had this year. So, you know, even though it did get cold at night. Uh, there was still that push of, especially the rainfall that happened in early April, mm-hmm. I think really caused the big problems. I've been since, uh, I've recently been made aware of uh, the 1952 flood in St. Paul. That was a big Which one was well. more devastating than 1965, or as devastating as 1965. I didn't know that. I thought yeah. 65 was still the, the watermark for the, the highest level. And, and in these Saint record Paul. floods go back to 1881. And then prior to that, who knows? It could go back to 1512. We don't know. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. Right? Yeah. But what? Why, why do we get so lucky this year? Because, yes, there's been flooding, but man, nature cooperated with this slow Absolutely. melting. It was, it? it's, yeah, all the prayers from a lot of people, I think, came true because they were hoping for, you know, that freeze-thaw cycle, mm-hmm. and it, it just didn't look like even that was going to matter. But this year, not only did we have the freeze-thaw cycle that was perfect, we also had the dry, one of the driest springs we've had in a long time. Are we at the point right now where we need rain? <laughs> I don't think so. There's still so much moisture in the ground. You, yeah. know, you know, the frost is still in the ground. We've got, I, I doubt it, I, I don't think people are saying, no, we want rain at this point. I think it'll be uh, another month before they'll start saying that. I'm watching snow piled up still on the north sides of streets that... It's diminishing by maybe a half inch a day. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It, it's not disappearing because what, we haven't had the really, you know, the 70 degree days that'll take care of that. When are we going to have one? <laughs> That's right. You want the garage door I opener want the, still. The opener, we 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 said uh, that today conditions uh, were uh, amenable to a opener watch. All week long, we've been saying we can have an opener watch, not a warning. Well, that's been taken off the board. Yeah, We're just, not going to even hit 55 today, are well, we? Well, the clouds and fog are starting to thin a little bit out yeah. there. So if they do, we can, you know, this is really what is daylight saving time. So it's really like noon right, right now, right. You know, actual sun time. Right. So um, we are probably going to see the highest temperature reached at about 5 to 6 p.m. tonight. Okay. And that could get close to 60. What about this weekend? All rain? Um, there's going to be rain in the morning on Saturday and then a dry period in the middle part of the day. Saturday evening looks like some more showers and storms develop, and they're going to linger into early Sunday. Sunday looks like a darn nice day, mid-60s okay. for eyes, and then mid-60s again on Monday, then a cool down next week. So, okay, when do you see the garage door opener? For a Friday. It's got to be a Friday, the first Friday in the spring to hit 70, and unfortunately it has to be while we're broadcasting. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen next Friday. No. I I, I did a little research before mm-hmm. I came down because mm-hmm. I knew you were going to ask me. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the following Friday. So that's right before 
Is that right before Easter? That's the weekend before Easter. Yeah, yeah that's the Friday. A, uh, so that, that would be, be Good, good Friday. Friday. Good Friday. Yeah, good All Friday. Right. That would be, are you working Good Friday? Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're making them work now, Dave. Dave, today, today is the 132nd podcast. That is awesome. Yeah, you guys fun. are sounding good. It's, it's really fun. It's really neat. I didn't know where you were, though. This is well, that's why I made sure I, I texted <laughs> and emailed you to make sure you knew where we were. Uh, you know, but it's very curious because I didn't know, but I asked, I asked about three or four people, and they all knew. Where you were. Where we were. So you must have, well, you have a big signage out there in the door and flashing lights I, and I stuff. I got news so. for you, Dole. Uh, <laughs> did, did maybe the sign on the door was a tip-off that it says GL, yes. huge letters. Yes. Would that help you at that all? That helped me that a help lot. you at all? See, or did you walk by it five times? <laughs> <laughs> that would be me normally, but right. You right. Know, I'm getting old, Joe. Uh, join the club. Oh, man. Uh, you tough. were going to ask him, too, when we had him in studio. Uh, the guest we had on a couple of weeks ago... Uh, the climate guest we had on where you made Kenny be quiet. Mm-hmm. You said, make sure I ask Dave such and such after we had him on. Uh, uh-huh. Was it about my lilacs? Yes. I I was, uh, we had a guy on from the University of Maryland, nice guy, and he's 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 consumed all the Kool-Aid. He believes that yeah, we're going yeah. under. And, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I noted two things. And I and I'm the one who's willing to admit that yes, in the cosmic scheme of time, 140 years is nothing. Nothing. But I have become fascinated with ice out dates. Do you know that Minnetonka went out on May 4th, 1857, and May 4th last year? Yeah. The average is April 14th. Yeah. It's not changed in 140 years. That's pretty impressive. And, and if that, you graph it. It, it the day it's very slight, but the ice outs are getting a tad later on yeah. a on a straight line graph. Yeah, and th- this is my this has been my point for a long time. And a lot of people we use, I like to look at satellite data for temperature. Yeah. So 1998 was the watermark for the, the warmest globally. All right. 1998. Since that time, mm-hmm. globally, mm-hmm. satellite data, mm-hmm. we've been cooling. Since 1998. Well, we might be in uh, the We're universe's in cool- uh, uh, time to provide us a cooling period. Well, absolutely. And yeah. that, that's what I've been saying. The sun is in a very quiet time. The sun it, is inactive, isn't it? Very inactive. And it's and it's been that way for years, for a few years. And now it looks like this is a cycle that's going to last a while. Yeah. Boy, when that sun gets inactive, yeah. it gets cooler yeah. globally. I also bounced off this guy that I take a picture every spring. Of when my lilacs God, seem nerd. to be in in full bloom. I love it's, lilacs. It's me too. It's invariably May twenty fourth or twenty fifth, and he he told me that's because lilacs are not native to here. And he gave me some spiel that made no sense <laughs> to me. I am, hell, they've been here since the since beginning can, of time, as far as I know. Yeah. And you know, if if it's been here as long as you've been here, yeah, they've been here a native. long time. They're native. <laughs> they're native. Hell, I picked them for my mother, and that's a long, a long time, time ago. ago. Yes, oh, but I'm going to take a picture again this year. We'll post it on the uh, the podcast so website. You because... know what date that is? May twenty. 20- what is it? It's your birthday? It's my birthday. May, May 25th, 25th. 25th. What are you going to be, about 90 this year? Yeah, that's it. I sound pretty good for 90. <laughs> the longest I? serving weatherman in television <laughs> history. <laughs> oh, man. That's, yeah. You miss Joe, don't you, Dave? I do miss this. <laughs> I, I miss this a lot. My goodness. So uh, we can take it to the bank that Dave Dahl is predicting a good Friday garage door opener. That yeah, would be pretty festive. And that, that'll be yeah. two weeks from today. Yes. Two weeks from today. You don't see one next week. Not next week. Did I hear a dirty rumor that there's a chance we're going to get snow? 
that was a dirty rumor, and uh, one of the computer models went nuts with it yesterday, and now it's gone away. So that Wednesday night into Thursday, not going to be a not oh, thing. And you don't foresee a mid-April snowstorm like last year. Nope. Not Did you time. see last year's coming? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, see, how good is your answer for this year? Exactly. Didn't see it last year. Didn't see it this year. In other words, I know no more now than I did 30 seconds ago. Exactly. At least you're honest yeah. about it. Uh, Thanks for joining yeah, us, thank Dave. Thank you. This it's was just fun. fantastic. Let's take a break. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. 18 Democrats are running for president. 18 now, each one crazier than the predecessor. And uh, Ted uh, alerts me by email. This is the letter they need to write. All 18 of them. Mm -hmm. Letter to my boss, which would be us. Sure. I have enjoyed working here these past several years. You have paid me very well and given me benefits beyond belief. I have three to four months off per year and a pension plan that will pay my salary until the day I die and then pay my estate one year salary death bonus and then continue to pay my spouse my salary with increases until he or she dies and a health plan that most people can only dream of having. Despite this, I plan to take the next 12 to 18 months to find a new position. During this time, I will show up for work when it's convenient to me. In addition, I fully expect to draw my full salary and all other perks associated with my current job. Oh, yes, if my search for this new job proves fruitless, I will be coming back with no loss in pay or status. Before you say anything, remember you have no choice in this matter. I can and I will do this. Sincerely, every senator or congressman running for president in the year 2020. You want people who show up for work? Because they work hard. God, that's the truth. Those are the marketing representatives at Federated Insurance. Federated Mutual Insurance Company, Owatonna, Minnesota Zone. They offer property and casualty, life, disability income insurance to businesses in select industries. Their marketing representatives get to know you. They get to know how your business operates, and that allows them the ability to customize the coverage you need. Uh, driving, they'll take care of auto liability. Worried about a cyber attack? With these 18 crackpots running for president, anything can happen. You might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a Federated Insurance Marketing Representative to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. You want the answer to everything? Please. I've been waiting quite some time for that. It's pretty heavy for me to get into this on a festive Friday when we're we're about to host the Final Four. Mm. All the private jets are flying to town, and there's a Ferris wheel on Nicollet Mall, and free concerts, and Katy Perry's in town, and just a just a wonderful time. Might have to take in the Ferris wheel. Yeah, I'd have to. Now, why the Daily Mail had to report this is beyond me, and my my guess would be because the Washington Post and the New York Times don't care. The number of Americans, and this answers, you want your answer to cultural, uh, to uh, moral and ethical uh, integrity on the decline? This is going to give me it right here. The number of Americans who identify as having no religion, no religion, Mm -hmm. has risen 266% since 1991. Wow. To now tie statistically with the number of Catholics and evangelicals. In other words, 
There are as many people who have no religion as there are Catholics and evangelicals. Wow. People with no religion, known as nuns, N-O-N-E-S, among statisticians, account for 23.1% of the U.S. population. While Catholics make up 23% and evangelicals, uh, 22.5%, according to the General Social Survey. The survey has tracked a broad swath of American trends since 1972, offering offering comprehensive insight into the evolving face of religion over more than four decades. Ryan Berge, a political science professor at Eastern Illinois University who analyzed the data, said that experts have several theories about why the number of nuns has risen so dramatically. One of them is that many people used to lie about what they were, he told the Daily Mail. Many people were always atheist or non-religious, but it was previously culturally unacceptable to not have a religion in America. Well, what's, you know what he's saying. No. It's perfectly acceptable now to oh, say but you before, have no religion. Okay, I got you, yes. Shifting political ideologies about social issues has also played a role with fewer Americans comfortable with the rhetoric of their religious leaders. Another theory is that the religious right kind of cleaved moderate Christianity and a lot of modern Christians who were moderately attached said they didn't want to defend Jerry Falwell and all the anti-gay and anti-abortion religious rights leaders, Berge said. So they said, you know what, I'm out. As the nuns have ascended, the number of mainline Protestant Christians has fallen 62.5% 62.5% since 1982 to now account for just 10.8% of the U.S. population. The number of Catholics has gone up and down over the decades, cumulatively decreasing more than four percentage points from 27.3% in 1972. However, that indicates an overall stability for that religion despite the decades of sexual abuse scandals that have plagued the church, Berge said. Catholicism is more cultural than religious in a lot of ways, he said. People are less and less likely to disaffiliate from Catholicism than Protestantism, Protestantism, which is less cultural in that people are willing to walk away from it. Berge said that America is on a tra- trajectory to becoming increasingly less religious going forward, following a pattern that has already emerged in Europe's most developed countries, including those in Scandinavia. The big question is what's next in terms of what religion is going to look like in America. Secularization theory argues that as countries become more industrialized and prosperous, then the throwing off of religion becomes more normalized. Berge has seen the overall shifts firsthand. Uh, He's not only a college uh, teacher, apparently, but he's a pastor at an American Baptist church. My church is on the decline, he said. We had 50 congregates in 05, and now we have 15. Mainline Christianity is dying, he added. It's at least going away. It makes me feel more comfortable that it's not my fault or my church's fault. It's part of a bigger trend that it's happening. There's your answer. There's your answer. I wonder, too. There's so many things at play here with this. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, Obviously, church has been taken out of the schools. We all know that. Is oh, it? You haven't heard anything yet. Oh, no. You're going to get heavier. It's almost the weekend. I don't care. It's the Final Four. So you got that story, and that story is the reason you get this story. Oh, no. Last December, residents at a Michigan senior living center, in other words, an old folks' home, yep. were invited to read Christmas stories to kids visiting them from a nearby preschool and child development center. Boys and girls from the 
Kalkaska Memorial Health Center Child Development Center in preschool were enraptured by the Yuletide story shared by residents of the Kalkaska Senior Living Center. One senior citizen regaled the youngsters with Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, a dark and scary story filled with monsters and witches and demons. Wilma Wells chose to read a book about Christmas traditions, and afterwards she asked the boys and girls if they knew why we celebrate the holiday. At that point... An unidentified teacher rose up and stopped the elderly woman from proceeding, according to a new lawsuit filed by First Liberty Institute. We won't go there, Wilma, the teacher said. Oh, no. Later, the students were treated to a recitation of a Charlie Brown Christmas by resident Joan Wilson. Towards the end of the story, Linus uh, recites a historical account of the Christmas story. As Wilson was summarizing that portion of the story, the teacher abruptly interrupted her, canceled the visit, and escorted the children out of the room. Good grief. Poor Joan Wilson was left all alone because the teacher apparently got triggered by the reason for the season. There's nothing quite like a government Grinch crushing the spirit of Christmas, First Liberty Institute attorney Keisha Russell told the Todd Starn Show. First Liberty, a law firm that specializes in religious discrimination cases, is representing Wells and Wilson. Our clients were simply exercising their constitutionally protected rights by reading a much-beloved Christmas story to kids when they were silenced, the suit says. Kalkaska Memorial Health Center, the government-owned company that runs both groups, did not respond to responses for comment. First Liberty contends the teachers' actions violated the free exercise speech uh, clause of the First Amendment of the Constitution. Of course it did. These are two private citizens whose speech, including religious speech, is fully protected by the free exercise and free speech clause, Russell wrote in a letter to the health center. First Liberty alleges the teacher, who was a government employee, broke the law by censoring or banning certain speakers or speech because of its religious content. She didn't say a word when we got the nightmare before Christmas. Oh, that was fine. With monsters, witches, and demons. Sure. But the, there's a picture of old Wilma and what's the other one's name? Fred. Wilma and uh, what the hell's the other one's name? Gary. No, it's two gals. We won't go there, Wilma. And then uh, so and Joan. Wilma and Joan Wilma is a picture Joan. of them here. They're probably in their 90s. Honest to God. Was it any wonder when I pre- prefaced no, it with the... No, no, it, it, there isn't. It, and it's a shame. It it's, really it's, is a it's, shame. It's worse than... See, the, here's where it factors into the mystery. The decline of Christianity is worse than just... It, it's more significant than empty pews. Get what I'm saying? I do. Uh, what, it's, what it's telling us is that not only is there a decline in Christianity, but that Christianity is frowned upon. Yes. That the Mysterians would introduce secularism far mm-hmm. more than Christianity. It's that, and, and this teacher uh, apparently uh, uh, buys into the idea that somehow uh, she was able to construe a constitutional violation here by two gentle older women reading sweet stories about Christmas to kids. It's, it's, it, that goes way beyond empty pews. But yet the commercialization of this holiday is still mm-hmm. completely acceptable. Oh, yeah. We don't have a problem with that part of it. It's it's worse than empty pews. It's it's becoming the mindset that Christianity is not good. 
That it's that it's wrong. That it's every evil time, in some way. Every time Annie Gaylor and the Freedom from Religion Foundation fires up the 1959 Pontiac ambulance hearse down in Madison, Wisconsin, and races to the scene of an imagined constitutional violation, they're introducing no goodness to the world whatsoever. No, no goodness. This teacher's actions were not good actions. She couldn't read the room she was in, a room full of elderly nursing home residents. And what harm were they going to do? Who were being thrilled to be uh, asked to read to the kids. Thrilled. And you knew what you were, if you were that teacher, you obviously knew this ahead of time, that this is what the kids were going to go do. They were going to go there to, to have elderly people read them Christmas stories. Yeah, why didn't this hypocrite teacher... Uh, call them and say, look, I want to bring the kids over, but here are my ground rules, and then they could have been told to go bleep themselves. Sure. And then yet the kids are left there in confusion because they're dumb kids. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. It's a shame. But it's worse than empty pews. It's it's becoming it's becoming the norm to see Christianity frowned upon. And you're seeing it in the decline of moral and ethical integrity. You're seeing it in the decline of the respect for life. You're seeing it everywhere you look, everywhere you look. And there's your answer right there. I'm going to repeat the statistic because it's one hell of a statistic. Where is it? That ain't it. 62%? Was that the number? Just a minute. Did you put it over there in your pile? where in the hell I put it. Where is it? Right here. There you go. The number of Americans who identify as having no religion has risen 266% since 1991. We got There's your answer, folks. I ain't here to be a pastor. I'm not here to be a preacher. I'm here as a garage logician who puts things together or tries to link things together, and you can't tell me there isn't a link between that statistic and the decline of moral and ethical integrity. You can't tell me that. We can't go out this way. Uh, no, I can't. we got to do a scramble. We, we? We, we, we can't leave the GLers. I, no, I'm sorry, GLers. I just felt that, that you know we're always wondering what's the, what's the reason. Well, the That's one as that... good a reason as I've come up with. Do they need Frank? Yep, let's bring back Fra- Hey, Frankie! The Sam is proud to present a wonderful new show, A Man and His Music. I'm even ready with the old Roycey laugh. Are the you ready? Oh, yeah. All right. Are you? Band. I will be in one second. Miss this one, G. Ellers? Oh, the man is Joe Suchere. Ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's do this. How did all these people get in my room? <laughs> did you hit it? Yep. Come on. Did you? Oh, yeah. Well, we had a perfect one. How about that? I think you hit yours. I did, too. I <laughs> 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 said, bring back the metric. <laughs> I hate 
Faith is dumb. Bring back the Metrodome where everything was close. See, if you want to join us, uh, yes, GLers in our, uh, you know, become partners with us on the podcast. Feel free to get a hold of us, and we'd uh, we'd be more than happy to to have you. We have a lot of people joining us this week, and a lot more next week. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, just emails. Hit up the Garage Logic website, garagelogic.com, and uh, send an email. We'll get you in touch with the right people. And as you heard, uh, Dave Dahl is predicting an opener for Good Friday. That would be two weeks from today. That'd be fun. April 5. He's predicting a garage door opener for two weeks from today. Fantastic. And uh, don't forget to rate the show. Give us a good rating on Apple iTunes. And we'll be back again next week. For Joe, the mayor, for Rook, for Kenny, for Johnny, this is Reavers. Garage Logic Podcast number 132. Talk to you again next week.